Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, Nate Marquand, and on today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Carlos Gomez-Mead. He talks about switching specialties from a family medicine specialty to a dermatology specialty and ultimately matching into a fellowship of Mohs surgery. He has a lot of good advice about working hard, time management, and being successful. So stick around and enjoy this episode. With that being said, we'll see you on the skin side. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with Dr. Carlos Gomez-Mead. He is a Mohs surgeon out of Oklahoma, and I'm going to have him introduce himself. Hi, everyone. Uh, always good to talk to you, Nate. Uh, my name's uh, Carlos Gomez-Mead. I'm a, a dermatologist and, and Mohs uh, cutaneous oncologist and Mohs surgeon. Uh, and so kind of a combination of titles there. It'll kind of make a little more sense when I tell you my background a little bit later. But uh, um, uh, I practice in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I work for an, uh, in an oncology group. And uh, which is uh, cancer only. And so uh, uh, just a little background. Uh, <clears throat> so my, my, my title and my uh, job description makes a little bit more sense. I did a uh, uh, graduated medical school uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I'm a DO. And I uh, went to Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine in Fort Worth. Great school, by the way. Uh, and uh, after that, uh, thought I wanted to be a family doctor, uh, so so was accepted to a family medicine residency. My wife and I both. Uh, my wife uh, uh, is a pediatrician, pediatric endocrinologist now, so we both did the uh, the couples match, and um, and so we matched in Florida, and uh, at a county hospital called uh, Broward General uh, Medical Center. At least it, it was called that back then. Now it's called Broward Health, I believe, but. Uh, Anyway, it's in Fort Lauderdale. It's the County Hospital of, of Broward County, uh, level level one trauma uh, hospital, and um, and so I did my family medicine residency there, and and basically um, the way it all started, um, how I ended up as a Mo surgeon from there was, um, I asked some some, and this is a true story. Uh, I asked some uh, uh, family medicine residents uh, that were third years while I was a, a first year. And I said, you know, what's because uh, we get an elective month. I forget if it was one or two months. And uh, I said, what's the easiest elective I could do time wise? <laughs> and so they said, uh, they said, well, go work with this guy. He's a Mo surgeon, <clears throat> a really good guy. And I said, what? What's Mo surgeon? I've never heard of that in my life. And they said, well, just go, just work with him. It'll be the easiest rotation you do. And, and I said, fine. That sounds like a perfect match. And so. Um, so anyway, I went and worked in, in, uh, with this, uh, Mo surgeon and, you know, saw basically a doctor that was extremely happy at his job and, uh, walked around with a lot of bounce in his step and with a smile on his face all day and got to cut out skin cancers and do reconstructions and, uh, look under microscopes. And I said, wow, I don't know what this is, but I want to do this. And, uh, and I, and, and I loved family medicine. Uh, even now, I have a great appreciation for family medicine and, and just general medicine in general. But uh, then I went back to my family medicine friends and I said, hey, well, what's this Mohs surgery? How do I do that? They said, well, you have to do dermatology residency first. 
So you're kind of, it's like saying you're on the wrong road. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I said, well, I said, sure. Well, I mean, I think it's worth it to have that much bounce in my step and be happy all day long. And so, um, so I said, fantastic. I said, uh, well, you know, that's when I started digging in. And so every single rotation, elective rotation I did after that was in Mohs surgery um, and in dermatology uh, and in the field, you know, that I wanted to get into. Well, little did I know dermatology is extremely competitive and right. the chances of me getting in were like one in a million. And, you know, there was a, but it was like getting line buddy, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other people that want to do dermatology and that have been trying for years and years and years and haven't gotten in and whatever. And so, so anyway, um, uh, you know, I did what I had to do, worked extra hard. I, I, you know, I tell my own kids this, I tell them I may not be the smartest, but nobody's going to outwork me. I love that. Um, and so, um, and, uh, oh, by the way, you know, so I didn't start by this. I'm going to kind of do a little preset i'm originally from south texas it's a border town called brownsville texas uh which is famous for being one of the poorest cities in america and so uh hard work is kind of in my in my bloodstream you know and so it's just kind of like a resourcefulness that kind of stuff you know grit and whatever and so you do what you got to do and so um from there i went to from brownsville texas got got to notre dame thank god and i, I did my undergrad at notre dame and then and then the rest is what i just told you went to medical school and whatnot but um, so anyway, um, I did my best. I worked really hard. I started reading on my own, reading slides, pathology, um, uh, working night shifts in a lab. I mean, really, really working hard to try to get this dermatology spot and uh, worked with the residents a lot, uh, did some rotations with them. You know, we, we hit it off uh, when the program director's name is Stan Scopit uh, down in Fort Lauderdale. And thank God, got into that dermatology spot. Um, and so then that was just kind of step one, right? And so I finished my dermatology, my, excuse me, my family medicine residency completely. I did all three years. Uh, can't just kind of abruptly stop it, transition to another residency like that, as far as I know. And so I finished all three years of family medicine uh, and even took the board exams, was board certified in family medicine, um, and then transitioned directly into dermatology residency back to ground zero uh, as a first year again, did all three years of dermatology, uh, was the chief resident uh, of my dermatology residency program my third year. And then again, uh, worked really hard to try to get the, the most fellowship that was there in Fort Lauderdale um, as well. And so uh, applied to that and, and, uh, and again, got right in, uh, did my most fellowship uh, it was an ACGME uh, approved fellowship, which is really hard, uh, not hard, but it, it's, it's a little bit trickier as a DO to get into an MD uh, Mohs fellowship. Right. And so, uh, and there's a lot of intricacies uh, to that, at least back then, not, not so much anymore, but anyway. Uh, so yeah. And then did my Mohs fellowship. Uh, then I've been in, I've been practicing now for about 10 and a half years after my fellowship, just doing Mohs and, um, high-risk skin cancer surgery and high-risk skin cancer cutaneous oncology. So I got a question. Um, you did your full three years of family medicine and then you had, you matched into dermatology. What program was that? Is that Broward as well? Yeah. So it was all Broward. So I did Broward, family medicine, Broward, dermatology. Okay. Yep. And yeah. then since you did those three years, did that kind of like wave your intern year or your transitional year? And you, cause you started as a first year, you did three years of dermatology. You didn't have to do like a transitional year or an intern year to go into dermatology. Right. 
Right. So your first year, at least, I don't know how it is now, but, but um, in the first year of family medicine residency is basically your, your rotating internship. Uh, okay. And so you do everything, you know, and uh, everything from OB-GYN and to help deliver babies to, uh, you know, general surgery and the whole thing. So, right. uh, yeah. So that counted. Okay. Um, yeah, it counted. Yeah. I guess my next question or my next kind of question, but like piggybacking off what you said is the hard work. I think that's something especially individuals who want to go into dermatology. We know dermatology is one of the hardest specialties to match into. I don't know if it's top three, four or five, whatever it is, but having that like grit and that tenacity and that, that will to win. And I like how you said, I may not be the smartest, but I'll outwork you. And that's not in like a bad competitive way. A competition is good, but you're not like trying to crap on anyone else. You're really trying to work hard to get where you're at. And I think that message has to be put out to a lot of people because people get nervous. And I yeah. know it's hard to match into the specialty. Like I'm a third year applying in September or whatever. There's st- students around the country applying and it's nerve wracking. But if you're doing the work and working hard, have a little yeah. confidence in yourself, right? Like I, I just, just right. kind of, you know, I feel like that's something that we should have in ourselves and a little faith. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of faith uh, because uh, the way it goes is, you know, is, is the old motto. It, it still hasn't changed. It's not what you know, but who you know, that has a lot to do with it. So what that translates to is who are you rotating with has, has a big, big uh, impact on, on, you know, who ends up vouching for you, who ends up saying, hey, Nate is a really hard worker. I mean, if you're working for some, you know, somebody that nobody knows and really maybe is, you know, not really well thought of in the community, or you're just wasting your time, you know, but if you're working with folks that have an impact on, 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 on the residents and whatnot, then that's a good investment of time. But I mean, everyone, and again, I'm going back to this. All, I tell my kids this all, all the time because <laughs> these are all like lessons that I just tell my, you know, kids and I tell other residents that rotate with me now is, um, is cause I get residents from OU from Oklahoma university and, and, and OSU Oklahoma state university and all the time and, and medical students and whatnot. And I tell them, you know, we're all given 24 hours in a day. How are you using it? Right. So some people, use 24 hours in a day to swipe on Facebook. Right. Uh, some people use the, some of that time to swipe on Twitter or maybe post stuff on, you know, whatever. And so right. uh, I, first of all, as a, I vouch for it as uh, you'd be surprised how much time you have in your hands. If you're not on social media, I do not have a single social media account okay. <laughs> and uh, never have. And, uh, and, and you, and you know, you can learn so many things by just, realizing how much time is spent on that now there's a lot of don't get me wrong it's it's you know business reasons to be on it um i don't you know i, I don't thank god don't need you know this kind of like uh, marketing or whatever i mean there's uh, you know we have we have referrals coming in from the surrounding area regularly uh but our our hospital does have you know, these things but i personally do not mm-hmm. um and so um so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to how are you investing your time? Who are you investing it with? After doing all the whole race of, you know, residencies and, and, and seeing all angles of it, uh, I can tell you some people try to get in with these dermatology uh, residencies by, you know, just saying, hey, I'm a nice guy, you know, or, 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 or girl. And, and uh, I think, you know, people will like me and i think that's gonna work well it may or may not you know uh, right some some people have the angle of 
well, you know, my dad, you know, is a local physician or whatever. People know him really well. I've seen that angle. Um, you know, that'll get me in. Or, you know, I grew up uh, you know, friends with such and such doctor's kids. And, you know, I've seen every angle. Um, and, and, and there was all of that all around me. But I didn't have any of those angles. I didn't come from a wealthy family. You know, my dad sold, you know, homemade fertilizer out of our garage. And needless to say, we weren't, didn't have a lot of money growing up. My mom, my mom was just a house mom. So I didn't have any of this, like, you know, oh, my mom, dad, no. So, you know, none of that. Um, And so, you know, you rely on, on, like I said, hard work. You can't go wrong with, with working hard. And so putting in investment of time. And so that's what, that was my angle was all, everybody here, I'm going to outwork them. I'm going to impress them. By the time I was a third-year family medicine resident, I was reading pathology, dermatopathology slides better than the first and second-year derm residents. That's awesome. That's how I, that's how I impressed people. And so, uh, because I put in the time, I was spending right. hours, you know, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night while everyone else is watching TV. I was reading slides by myself in a dermatopathology lab. So I think that's, um, so anyway. that's, a, that's awesome. And the statement about you have 24 hours in a day, I think uh, like my generation and a little bit, I'm, I'm a little non-traditional. I was in the military first, so I'm a little bit older than my class. But a lot of people with technology nowadays, we have everything at our hands, right? And we think we're being, we say we're being busy, but busy is not the right thing. We want to be productive. So like you said, you can see, you can realize how much time you're wasting, like scrolling on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, social media, whatever it is. And then they can make this claims that, oh, I've been so busy all day. But if you really look at your screen time, you've probably been sitting on social media all day. I like to right. tell people, when like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm like, you're not, don't be busy, be productive. Because when you're productive, then you're producing something and you're going to have a result. Like busy right. is just running around with your head cut off. And right. I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have. And I love that you made that point and that you tell your kids that because I, my kids are three and one, but that's like, I'm already trying to implement that in their lives at a young age and just kind of progressively tell them that as well. Um, right. And I think, again, I think that's, that's what st- makes people stand out. You know, like, again, you can know people like my dad was a doctor or whatever that is. Cause I'm in the same boat as you. I come from a family who were, you know, worked hard, um, never went to college. I have family members in and out of jail, whatever, you know, whatever my background yeah. is, it doesn't matter. But working hard is going to, I always say, through all things through hard work are possible. And I love that you say that and you just teach people that and you're teaching your kids that. And I, I'm appreciative that you're putting that on this podcast as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and I'm a living, breathing testament of that for sure. Uh, is it really does pay off. And, and, and if you, and that's the best way to think of it, Nate, is, is how do you, if time is an investment, you know, right. is, is how do you invest it? But, but I can tell you, I mean, you know, everybody knows, you know, all these social media uh, platforms out there are not meant for you to get bored. Uh, you know, they're meant for you to keep going with it. Right. So like you said, you know, you think you're going to spend 20 minutes next thing, you know, an hour and a half has gone by. Uh, right. And you did absolutely nothing except find it out that, you know, your best friend's daughter had a baseball game, right. Or right. something like, or whatever, right. you know, or a softball game or whatever, you know, so you get the idea, but, um, but yeah, so, so anyway, I'm, I'm real big on that. I mean, don't waste your time on it, uh, especially at this point in your life, uh, your career where it's critical, how you invest your time. But, uh, so I kind of want to jump back to medical school. You said you went to Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine. Um, right. At what point did you know family medicine is where you wanted to go? Like you obviously got there and you're like family medicine and you, you match. But where in medical school is like, that's what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, so I always pictured myself as a family doc in a small town. Uh, okay. Being from Texas, there's a lot of small towns. I mean, everywhere in America, small towns. But, you know, that's what I pictured myself is I, I love knowing people long term. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, 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 I just wanted to be kind of a, a, a family doc. That's just how I envisioned myself and, and you know, just being in a small town. And, and like I said, I have a, I can tell people, like, I even have patients that are family doctors, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, I had one yesterday. Um, and, and I tell them, look, I, you know, I've always, I've always had a big appreciation and it's cool to be able to relate to them. It's, it, it, you know, because family docs are some of your hardest working doctors and primary care in general are some of your hardest working doctors, if not the hardest working doctors out there. Right. And they do it with a smile, you know? And so they do such a great job of being the front line. I mean, you know, going to the military, you know, cliche like that you can probably relate to Nate is these guys are your frontline uh, workers. I mean, these are guys that are seeing everything and then screening everything from diabetes to skin cancers to, you know, children, you know, and it's, right. it's tough. That's a a really tough. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard work. And I can tell you because I, I've been there, done that. It, it's, it's really, really hard. This is, these are true doctors. I mean, you gotta love them. Yeah. I, uh, I agree when I've done my, I'm on my family medicine rotation right now and we had oh, okay. two weeks off basically doing like an orientation. So I've had friends who already done their family medicine rotation and not with the same preceptor, but they're like working long hours, you know, and they, they do everything broad spec, broad spectrum of every type of medicine. And I think that's pretty awesome. Um, you have to be like an encyclopedia, kind of like internal medicine. You got to be like an encyclopedia and know a little bit about everything and be confident in right. being able to diagnose and point them in the right direction or start them on a specific treatment that's going to help them. So I do, I understand the respect for them as well. And obviously you yeah. did three years and did the yeah. boards. So that's even, that's yeah. even crazier too. And th those were hard boards, man. I'll never forget that. But the dermatology boards were the hardest I've ever, that's the hardest exam I've ever taken in my life. Okay. Uh, was the dermatology boards because, um, you know, transitioning now to a little dermatology talk, which is probably why people are listening in. On yep, his, yep, uh, yep. Uh, dermatology is, uh, is, is such a great field because it, it, it will, I mean, it's not for everyone, obviously, but um, if you like it or you can have an inkling in it, I don't see how you don't fall in love with it because it, it will satisfy every possible uh, interest that you have professionally, uh, whether it's surgical, you know, obviously there's a cosmetic realm, uh, there's the, uh, you know, the oncology part, there's the rheumatology, every field of medicine is covered in dermatology and manifests itself on the skin, kidney diseases. I've right. diagnosed breast cancers on someone's scalp, you know, I've diagnosed kidney cancers on someone's arm. Right. And I mean, it's like, uh, you know, everything manifests itself and not just cancers, but I mean, you really, oh, every organ manifests itself on the skin, literally. Um, and so, um, it's such a great field. It, it's so worth, uh, doing and giving it all you got. If you, re if you think that that's something you want to do with the rest of your life, it's a beautiful field of medicine. The reason the board exam is so difficult is because it encompasses all of those things. And so, you know, I had pediatric questions i had genetic questions i had uh infectious disease you know that's a big proponent a big component of uh of dermatology is infectious disease how many 
different infections can you have? I mean, there's a million, right? There's textbooks right. worth of it. Mm-hmm. So there's so much knowledge uh, that goes into it. But, um, but it, you know, apparently, you know, I think it was tough to get into then. There's just not a lot of, it's a whole supply demand thing. Uh, a lot of demand, little supply. And, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a great, great, great field to do. It's, it's great to go into work every day just like the doctor I worked with back in my residency. I don't want to throw his name out, out, out there because he probably doesn't want it. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, That's I'm okay. keeping his privacy and his, uh, but he's, you know, he was a great guy and he's still happy to this day and it's been however many years. So. And, you know, I don't, kind of the same thing. You know, I, I was interested in ortho before I came to med school. My wife was is an MA. She works for this big orthopedics practice in San Diego. They saw the San Diego Chargers. It's like, man, that'd be awesome, right? Yeah. And then... I interacted with them, the, a lot of the, the orthopedic surgeons, and they, I don't want to say this, but they just did not seem happy, you know, yeah. and it just, they just didn't seem like they were excited. Well, they enjoyed yeah. what they did, but they didn't, they just didn't put off this like excitement. And then I've interacted with dermatologists. I'm just like, wow, they're, like you said, they have a pep in their step. They have a smile on their face. When I met you at AOCD last year, just like the energy that the dermatologist put off is just totally different. I haven't seen it really in any other field of medicine. And it just kind of like attracts me to that. I love that energy and I love just, I don't know. It just feels good. And then, like you said, it's yeah. a wide variety of medicine you can do: rheumatology, immunology, allergy, infectious disease, and then like oncology. There's so much. And I think someone on this podcast, one of the residents or program directors, we talked to, I can't remember exactly who, but they were like, "If you get bored in dermatology, you can always pivot a little bit and do something else, and not be bored because there's so much to do." And like you said, you can find your niche in various avenues of dermatology. So I love that you said totally. that as well. Totally. I've met dermatologists that. Um are already in practice doing general dermatology that later say, you know what? I really like most surgery. And then all of a sudden, like you said, he, you know, they pivot uh, and they go, Hey, I just want to do most. And so they'll do a little, you know, the extra training required or whatever, and put everything on halt for a little bit, and learn most. And that's all they want to do. So yeah. Or, or you can say, you know what? I really I like the cosmetic part, or I really like the pediatrics part, you know, and, and there's pediatric dermatologists out there just see kids. Yeah. Um, or you can, I mean, the thing is, you know, again, going back to supply and demand, uh, dermatology is so much demand from patients, you know, um, and in the medical community, because there's just not a lot of dermatologists on every corner, right? And so uh, you can do whatever you want in dermatology, you're going to be busy. I mean, you can literally say, all I treat is kids with acne. That's it. And you'd be booked out six or eight weeks, you know, right. um, just treating acne, you know, um, and that's your passion. And so, I mean, or psoriasis, right? You can say, I just treat psoriasis. That's it. Uh, you'd be, you'd be booked out. I mean, so, um, no matter where you are in America. So yeah, it's a beautiful specialty really is. Um, and it's true at every dermatology conference you go to, all these presentations, you know, I know all the guys at the AOCD. I mean, um, it, you know, it, they're great conferences. Strongly recommend it, by the way. Do a little plug here. Uh, <laughs> if, if you get a chance to go to a good dermatology conference, I know there's the AAD conference, which is very, very large, kind yeah. of overwhelming. You know, you don't really know. There's like, you know, infinite number of lectures going on all at the same time. The AOCD lecture is like a compact. Uh, every lecture is great. Uh, it's a great way to, to network uh, because a lot of a lot of the dermatologists, most surgeons that that do the lectures and, and go to these conferences, we're kind of like a little fraternity. Um, and so we all kind of 
know each other and connect and whatever, keep in touch. And a lot of us like, you know, travel or whatever together. And it's just like a, a, a real collegial type of fraternity uh, between among the AOCD. So it's a great conference to go to. It's not very expensive. Uh, it's not overly done and you get a good, good exposure of, uh, of, of dermatology. I know this year the dermatology residents uh, for the one coming up in Florida are actually going to do their own set of lectures, which is really cool because you'll get to meet a lot of the dermatology residents there. So it's really neat. Yeah. The price for students is a hundred bucks. I think when we've actually published this episode, it might be after that, but the price for AOCD for the times I've gone has been a hundred dollars for students, flat rate, super, super inexpensive. But the one in Florida coming up next month, they have that resident panel and like program director meet and greet for students. And that's one of the big reasons I'm trying to go. Um, my mother-in-law lives in Florida and there's a lot of programs in Florida. Uh, so that'd be very beneficial. And I think any student, like I said, this will probably be published after, but any student, I'm hope, a lot of students I'm hopefully are going to have that interaction with these residents and program directors. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and if you guys go, it'd be great to meet you there. I'll be doing some lectures, some those lectures. I think I got two lined up. We, we just started doing a Bose panel. Uh, it'll be be me, myself, uh, and uh, Dr. Sickinger, Miriam Sickinger. Mm-hmm. She's a dermatologist. She does a little bit of everything, Bose Surgery Cosmetics in California. Uh, she's fantastic. So she and I will be doing some Bose lectures. Yeah, she had, she had a good talk at the last meeting as well with like the, the danger zones on the face as well. That was really good. Yeah, um, she's awesome. She's awesome. I guess this might be a little out of scope because this, this podcast is usually for students and we'll kind of get into like what you think students should do to match. But um, maybe we can dive into like, what are the requirements to get into a Mo's fellowship? Yeah. So if you want to do Mo's, you know, um, it, it's, it's a, a real nice kind of niche. Uh, you know, we call it a specialty within a specialty, right? So there's not a lot of Mo's surgeons in the country, which is probably a good thing because skin cancer is the most common cancer of the human species and someone's got to treat them. Right. And so a lot of general dermatologists don't feel comfortable doing the surgery part of of uh, of most surgery or of uh, continuous oncology, uh, and it's the gold standard of care for treating skin cancers of the face. For those that don't know, uh, and uh, among other criteria, and so um, so to get into a most fellowship, I mean, really, it just comes down to the same things: is just rotate. You know, try to impress the right folks and have them put a good word for you. And um, and it's just an awesome, it's it's even more fine-tuned part of dermatology. So that's all I do is uh, skin cancer, skin cancer, skin cancer. I love skin cancer. I, I train to do cosmetics, um, you know, procedures and whatnot. Um, I personally and professionally found uh, the skin cancer treatment would be a lot more personally and, and professionally rewarding. Uh, it's just very fulfilling for me to, to walk in and walk out every day at work. Hey, what did you do? Well, I cured about, you know, 10 skin cancers today. And cool, right. man, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I feel pretty good. And, uh, and so, you know, not a lot of, not only doctors can say that, but even anyone in cancer, you know, it's right. like, you know, I actually cured cancer today. So it's really cool. You change people's lives day yeah. in and day out and they thank you for it and, and whatever. And so it's really cool. But to get in, I mean, it, it, you know, you work in dermatology, you work with most surgeons like I did, uh, and you get experience with it. And, and during your dermatology residency, um, you know, your goal is to fine tune those skills as much as you can, because it is skills, you know, just like being a mechanic, you got to know how to fix a radiator. And if you don't, well, you're probably not going to get a job fixing radiators, but 
Um, but if you know all the ins and outs, you know that radiator in and out, everything that goes in it, what could possibly go wrong with it. Uh, by the time you apply to a job, you're probably going to get the job. And so same thing with most surgery. It's like, you know, during your germ residencies, you do the rotations, you, you do surgery in your germ residencies because you will. That's part of germ residency. And you fine tune those skills. By the time you apply, you impress, you know, some folks say, wow, this guy's repairs are really good or his pathology, uh, pathology skills are really good. Pathologic skills are very good. Uh, you know, things like that. And so anyway, uh, that's basically how you get into any residency is do the work, uh, impress the folks. And then when you apply, they either give you a thumbs up or thumbs down, but, uh, yeah. Do you need, uh, any research publications and stuff? I heard that might be a thing as well. I, I don't know if you needed that when you were doing it, but do you need like a lot of research. Right. So research is always going to be beneficial. Always, right. always, okay. always. So the more papers, that's a, I'm, gr I'm glad you brought that up, Nate, because even now in medical school, get your name on some papers, um, dermatology, you know, if you want to do most, do some cutaneous oncology papers. There is so much availability. That's such a great, easy ticket for you to put in some points in. Um, and when you apply, look, hey, man, I published four or five papers uh, before I even applied. Wow, you really know your stuff. You know your melanomas, you know whatever. And acne or with psoriasis. I mean, connect with derm residents. That's why connecting with derm residents and, and attendings that teach derm residents is so important because usually derm residents rely on attendings for those publications and vice versa. So it's kind of like a mutual work. Um, so if you get in on working with those derm residents on publications, that's such a great and easy way uh, to get your name out there and 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 show that in your application. Uh, so that's that's very very important. Glad you brought that up. Perfect. I do have a question. I think I read somewhere some other student was we were talking. I was talking to another student about this, but is there an old rule that's going out that you you do a certain amount of number of cases in residency? Um, you can be a Mohs surgeon without doing a fellowship? Yeah, so when I was a resident, if I'm not mistaken, you can do Mohs surgery, meaning like legally, ethically, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> if, you do, if you do 70 cases, okay. that, was, that was the rule back then. I don't know the current guidelines at all. Um, okay. So, so I don't know how, how, how close that pertains to now. But in your dermatology residency, yeah, you're trained. You're going to rotate with Mohs surgeons. You're going to do you know, get your hands dirty on some Mohs cases. And so that's part of being a dermatologist is understanding Mohs and understanding how to do it. So, um, so it, it's very equivalent to, for example, a family doctor can do deliveries, right? Like right. deliver babies, or they can do, you know, all sorts of other procedures legally, ethically, you know, they can do it. It's within the scope of their practice. Okay. Now, whether, whether they feel comfortable doing it or not that's a whole separate issue right and so um, a family doc can do you know colonoscopies uh, right right you know, okay they could do endoscopies and things like that so but many of them obviously don't because there's people that do it better right so <laughs> right, okay. gastro gastroenterologists or whatever and so um and you know there's kind of call it, you know OBGYNs that deliver babies better and, and, and whatever and it becomes a liability thing so so a dermatologist can do Mohs surgery, yes, after they finish their residency. Now, do they feel comfortable doing Mohs surgery? Are they going to miss something under the microscope? You know, are they doing their repairs and they're looking good? Do they have enough experience to comfortably do it? That's a whole other separate thing. But, but to answer your question, yes, if you finish dermatology residency, 
just like a family doctor can do probably an endoscopy or colonoscopy and deliver baby. Yes, a dermatologist can do most surgery if they wanted to and felt comfortable doing it after three years of derm residency. But many, 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 the vast majority of them don't. Okay. Thanks for the clarification on that. So I guess my last kind of like final question is, what do you think students should be doing to match into dermatology? We've talked about how hard it is. Um, We talked about research and you talked about hard work. Do you think there's anything else that a student, first, second, third, fourth year medical student should be doing to match into dermatology? Use your time wisely. Anytime you have time off, try to get in uh, with derm residents, with dermatology residency programs. That's going to be the biggest bang for your buck. That will lead to you getting in on some papers. Um, That'll be another big bang for your buck. And uh, rotate with the right people. Work hard. Read dermatology. Uh, The best, by the way, the best books you can possibly pick up if you're going to read something dermatology wise is get dermatology board review books it's like literally one book um and it's a dermatology board review book and this is what is going to be in the dermatology boards well that's basically dermatology in a nutshell okay and so that you know you're going to impress your residents by saying wow i know you know um how to do blue light therapy or you know i i know this i know how to diagnose this or that treat this or that uh, that's basically what they're learning. So if you learn anything close to what they're learning, um, you're going to really impress them and, uh, and they're going to kind of put you in the point you in the right direction and help you out, okay. uh, and put you under their wings. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. Um, I guess you kind of gave us some final advice, but do you have any other like life final advice you want to hand out to us? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. A lot of prayer. I'm real big on prayer. You know, like I said, coming from somebody who had, you know, very little, uh, very little to work with. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, thank God I, you know, I got pushed into this awesome, awesome field of medicine and career. Uh, You know, I had a lot of prayer, you know, real clenched fists kind of prayer, you know, (laughs) and it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. I don't know if I'm going to pass this board exam help me out so that's my last life exam and again that's something i tell my own kids and we're real big on it at home and so if you ask for a life lesson there you go perfect thank you so much my pleasure nate always good to talk to you looking forward to seeing you in florida and uh and hopefully some some folks will listen in on this podcast and and by the way great job of putting it together i think it's such a great idea i didn't have any kind of this guidance i just had to do it myself but i think it's a great resource i hope uh it grows. I hope there's some popularity. How many people do you have listening in, by the way? Uh, we have 8,000 listens already. Really? Wow. 20, 25 episodes. And I'm going to give a shout out to Johnny Hatch. He's the one that created He went to TCOM. He's at TCOM. He's a fourth year. Nice. Uh, he started this. He brought me on around episode 10. And now we've blown it up to 25. Um, there's wow. three or four other hosts that are working on building other episodes. And they have other like series mm-hmm. that they're doing. Um, so it's Johnny Hatch is the one that started. I'm going to give him the full credit, but as cool. a team, it's been fun to work with him and, and, and blow it up. So I'm like, I, I said, I, I may have met him. I I've had some TCOM students come rotate with me in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So yeah, I, he, may have uh, met him. I think I brought him up to you and he knew, I think he knew your name. I don't know if he rotated with you, but he did know your name. Um, cool. but, uh, yeah, so he's credit to him for starting it. And then I'm glad I've been a part of it to, to expand it for sure. Absolutely, man. Let me know if you ever uh, need any more help with it. I'm happy to do it anytime. Okay, Nate? Of course. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to DermInterestPod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 